Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey Dave, good to see you again. Good to see you. So you know you're trying to start. It's a little almost. Yeah. It's almost like I haven't seen you in a week. It's that's crazy how fast. <laughs> Uh, the good comedy of the boiling point. But today, uh, we're going to bring in a really uh, interesting cat, and he's he's a friend of mine. Uh, he's somebody who I uh, was able to climb a very large mountain with. I, I climbed Mount Katahdin with this with this fella. He's one of those I, guys. I have to let people know where that is. Mount Katahdin is if you started hiking uh, in Georgia, and okay. if you went up the Appalachian Trail for about five or six months, uh, you will end at the top of Maine. That's the Appalachian Trail. And the top of Mount Katahdin is typically where the champagne bottle is cracked, uh, you know, for people saying, we did it. And Pete's one of those guys who actually did that whole trail. So we're talking to uh, to my friend Pete McMath. We're not necessarily talking about the Appalachian Trail, but it, it does relate to his uh, his journey into entrepreneurship, I'm sure. Um, but Pete uh, owns a company called Timber Cases, which is, is literally the strongest, most durable, most protective guitar cases on earth so pete welcome to the boiling point thanks greg how was that for an intro <laughs> yeah that, that was uh it was big big like uh the trail and katahdin <laughs> this man is a mount as a climber of mountains how long did it take you to do the whole uh appalachian trail well i was i was on the trail for four months and uh hiked about 1200 miles on it Oh my God! Yeah, and you should have seen this guy. He, like he, he ran up and down Katahdin about seven times by the time <laughs> I got to the top. How did Greg do? Pete? How how, was, how did Greg do? Greg is killing it. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> it was that, a that good could, trip. He's killing it, so that could mean <laughs> a bunch of things. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun, and I, all right, Greg, we're doing it again this year. Yeah, th- Thanksgiving. Make, make sure you, you block it off on the calendar. Thanksgiving weekend again. We're doing it again, and I'm gonna be in shape this time. <laughs> so, Pete, yeah. why don't why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little bit to Dave and to our audience? Um, sure. really love to hear uh, about the product, uh, but then really how we got to this point right now. And, and, yeah, and, sure. and if you could just your, your most famous memory of Greg Hemmings. Oh, you stop it. Listen, it's got nothing to do with me, Dave. Stop making this thing about the Greg Hemmings podcast. No, you stop that right he's now. Got, he's, just, we're learning more about you. <laughs> Go ahead. Pete. Oh man. Um, yeah. So, um, timber cases and myself, um, one thing I tell most people, um, I'm a first time founder and uh, I never had a point in my career, if you will, or through the journey to my cases where it was like, you know, today's the day where I'm going to become a founder and start a case company and, you know, do this thing. That day just never happened for me. Um, prior to hiking the Appalachian Trail, um, I was involved in the music industry and did a lot of guitar repair work and guitar sales and got to know a lot of local bands and uh, had started doing custom cases for them. And so it really started quite organically uh, and did that for two years until then, uh, as as, I, as I've said to other people, the more you know, the more 
you realize you don't know. And I very quickly learned I didn't know a whole lot. Uh, and so really at that point then set out to develop timber cases into what it is today. And really what timber cases is all about is instrument protection. Uh, that's our whole goal is to properly protect instruments um, that people care about. Um, so our customers are people that it doesn't necessarily have to be an extremely expensive instrument, but one that they care a lot about. And that's something that's really unique with musicians, unlike other trades or hobbies, is that a guitar is a musician's tool and they care about it so much more than just the value or the dollar value of it. Um, and so we really play to that. Um, we get that. We're musicians. And that's what Timber Cases is really all about. When you say when you say local, just for the audience, what do you mean by that? Like, what what's local for you? Yeah, so local for us uh, in the beginning was Fredericton, New Brunswick. Um, yeah, and that's that's where the company's currently based. Excellent. Yeah, so, so, so the, and, and so, what year? What, what year was it? Like, so how long? How long? I know you've been. You know, you kind of just it's, it was a slow evolution. But was there is yep. how how long would you describe the you know having been you know like I guess the company's um, sure. age and that kind of thing? Uh, yeah. So the, we've the company's formally been around since 2013 um, is when we really pressed play. And uh, the yeah yeah and let's rewind even just a little bit further than that, Pete. Obviously. There's guitar case manufacturers all over the place. Um, what was yeah. it that said you can make something different? Because this is the strongest product in the world. So obviously you figured something out. <laughs> you know. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that product? Yeah, so um, when we looked um, and when I looked at the current kind of landscape for musical instrument cases, um, I, I kind of compared it to luggage. Um, when I was a kid... And you'd like show up at the airport, like everyone had like their grandmother's, you know, uh, suitcase and had like, you know, vinyl with two latches. There's no wheels. And you go to the airport today and it's like polycarbonate spinners with Bluetooth. And it's like a stylized item now. Um, most instrument cases are still stuck in that like two, you know, like that briefcase style um, era. And there really hasn't been any change. And so what we've done is taken from industries like the auto industry and like the aerospace industry, where there's been huge advancements in manufacturing and materials and hardware and brought those um, really innovative methods and processes to musical instrument cases. Um, and it's, it's certainly been a continual process for us, a continuous design process. Um, and, constantly uh, getting better, you know, stronger, lighter, uh, more, more protective of the instrument as, as we've been developing. And so it's, it's really been uh, a constant design process over the last two years. What, so how, and how is the market responding? You know, I mean, you're, you're focused primarily on, is it like when you say, is it primarily guitar player, like guitar cases or have you branched out or like where, where, tell me a little bit about your, your customer profile and just, you know, how, you know, kind of like, what's the, what's the response been, you know, what are the challenges in, in really helping people understand the value, um, of, of your product? Yes, yeah, so um, we currently have focused on acoustic guitars. Um, however, certainly plans to expand into all instruments 
um, but really starting with with acoustic guitars. Um, and yeah, so it's it's been a really interesting process. Um, we first launched the product publicly um, at the 2014 Winter NAM show, which is the music industry's uh, largest trade show. So there's about 110,000 musicians, distributors, manufacturers that show up in California to show off their products and to see all the new products. And that's kind of, that was our first step out into the world. Um, and that's a good one. Yeah. And it was our, well it was our first kick at the can with, with introducing our product. And so we really learned a lot from a lot of people through that experience. Um, and I think what it did more importantly, uh, than, you know, making connections and meeting new people was it really gave us a consistent vision um, and a really true vision of what the market really wanted. So we went away from that spending the next year uh, making all those changes, improving the products, um, and, and further developing things. And then we introduced the product on Kickstarter, a crowdfunding platform that many of you would be familiar with, um, and pre-sold a number of units in 30 days. And that was in December of 2014. Um, and so we're currently scaling up our production to produce those units uh, to customers, in, primarily in North America. Um, you know, I think, and then to touch on some of the challenges, um, you know, we've been, you know, first and foremost, really, really fortunate to have gone to meet some just outstanding people um, uh, and then companies uh, who've, We've really taken an interest in what we're doing. Um, and for us, what that's kind of proven is that people get what, what we're all about and agree um, and, and want kind of our solution, if you will, to the problem. Um, there's been, it's a very established industry, but there's been very little change. It's been very complacent. And so I think a lot of people viewed it as like a breath of fresh air, if you will, um, for cases. Who would be like if the ultimate pitch man in your mind for your product? Um, I think, you know, a big part of our strategy is, is, you know, with some artist endorsements. And so there's certainly a number of artists that would be great, you know, spokesmen, you know, or spokesmen. Who who would it be? Like just, I just had a curiosity for, for Pete, um, man, it would be a dream if Greg Hemmings or, you know, whoever that person (laughs) is. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that there's a particular musician, um, but I think that there's a particular or there's a number of different companies. So guitar manufacturers um, are, you know, there's a, there's a number of guitar manufacturers that produce quite a few um, and, and really special instruments. Um, and, and to have their endorsement, the people that make and craft these instruments, um, to have that um that that's really key for us and so um there's certainly a, a number of instrument manufacturers that that are key in our plan so okay so I, i'm gonna throw this out and uh it might be just a totally crazy idea but as i was listening to you i couldn't help but think of that guy dave whatever his name is that was you know dave the, carroll yeah you know and i'm just thinking there you know his guitar he wouldn't have had he wouldn't have had the success 
that he's had and speaking and all that stuff if he had your product. I, I, th- I think Pete has uh, had that particular 25 conversation times? 25 million yeah, times okay. quite possibly. No, well, but it, 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 it's, a very, it's a very good point. So yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm, Greg knows me to be very unique, by the way, Pete, just so you know. <laughs> Well, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's, no, a, it's a good point. Like, yeah, yeah Pete, <laughs> what's your thoughts on, on Dave's story? Because if he had a timber case, he wouldn't be successful today as he is today. That, that's yeah, the, that's well, the take on it. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, timber cases wouldn't have worked well for Dave's story. Um, although, I, uh, knowing, knowing Dave, uh, um, you know, he's, he's had, um, you know, a lot of success from what we're trying to solve. Um, so I, I don't know how, if he, if he regrets it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think for, mo- for most people, um, now that that's happened, um, you know, we, we really want to prevent that. <laughs> not, not necessarily the success, but the, the incident that, that kind of triggered that. Yeah. And, and, and for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a guy named Dave Carroll. Uh, he used to play in a band called, um, Mac, uh, Sons of Maxwell. Ma- uh, Maxwell? Yes. Yeah, brothers of Maxwell? Sons yeah. of Maxwell. And, uh, Sons of Maxwell. There Maxwell, we go. <laughs> Maxwell House. Really good guys. Um, and they did a lot of uh, like uh, Atlantic Canadian, you know, I don't want to say Celtic music or whatever. But anyway, he w- started traveling a lot with his guitar and United broke his guitar. Was it United? Yeah. Southwest? Yes. No, no, yeah. it was definitely not Southwest. It was United. And he wrote a song called United Broke My Guitar when they refused to, you know, you know compensate him. And it went viral, uh, like we're talking millions and millions, and it was the ultimate pushback, fight back to the big corporation, right? Uh, and it was probably a PR nightmare at, at United. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, just look up United Breaks Guitars on YouTube, and you'll see what we're talking about. If this yeah. fellow, Dave Carroll, had Pete's product, we wouldn't be watching that video on YouTube. It's is is around, and, and I still haven't watched it, but <laughs> I right. just know this story. <laughs> I don't even know the company. Um, so so uh, I and so I got a question, just a little bit off off the beaten path here, and that would be related to like me not being uh, a, mus- a musician in in any form, appreciating. Music, Dave's a though. hockey player. Uh, and, oh, not a, I haven't <laughs> played. I try to play hockey once a week. Um, but um, but tell me about like Greg often talks at, at length about his his uh, his great musical abilities. Like what? How would you rate? Them? <laughs> Pete doesn't know me that well. He's never heard me play music before. He, he's Dave. never. That, heard. that is true. Unfortunately, well, you, I'd love guys, to hear him play. You guys hiked together. And well, you never... No, no, that's why we became friends. That's how we became friends. We hiked a mountain and we bumped into each other a couple of times since. And we're going to hike another mountain and become better friends. And then I will bring uh, I'll bring my drum kit on the next mountain climb Beautiful. so you can hear me play. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hike it up to the top. I love it. I love it. So what's and so give us tell us a little bit about being in New Brunswick and and you know launching company. What's like what's it been like? Mm-hmm. Is it from, yeah, that's you, a that's a great question. And this the whole idea of this is truly an export product that the market mm-hmm. is the world. It does not matter where you are. I think about Nazareth, Pennsylvania, where um, uh, Martin guitars are. Um, it's kind of a, a place like this. It's a small little rural area. Or, or and, what, or what yeah. about the company that makes the cymbals? Yeah, say, like Sabian Cymbals here in New Brunswick, right. up in this little village of maybe 60 people that live there. Uh, yeah, yeah, Meductic. Forty-three. Yeah, forty-three <laughs> people live there. Yeah. And Sabian symbols. Well, and that's is a there. that's a brilliant story. So, yeah. So let's. Uh, yeah. What's what's your experiences so far? And uh, is there a future plan to once this thing blows up? Are you going to stay here? All that sort of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I definitely echo a lot of, of a lot of your comments. You know, it's certainly a global market um, for us, and, and that's really our priority. Um, and so, you know, our location is, is, is important to us. Um, obviously, New Brunswick's home, uh, and it's, and to speak kind of first on the startup side of things, um, we've certainly received a lot of support from, from many different organizations, whether it be like a, the local startup accelerator, um, or the provincial government, or even, you know, a co-op, um, we've, we've received support, um, at all different levels locally. And so that, that's been a huge, huge part. Um, you know, New Brunswick's also had, you know, quite a few successes within the music industry, like saving symbols, like, Lost Cabo's drumsticks, but we've also had success in many other areas of business, as you guys well know. Um, and so there's a great network of founders, of CEOs, um, of experienced people. And so for someone like myself, um, who's this is the first rodeo, uh, it's been great to be using our smallness to our advantage and being able to reach out and get connected with people that have done really amazing things. Um, and so that's been, that's certainly played to our advantage. Um, and, and then when we look at more from the company's perspective, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that we can produce like world-class products right here in New Brunswick and ship it around the world. Um, and we've certainly proven to do that so far and want to continue down that path. Um, and so we certainly don't have any plans in the immediate future to go anywhere else. Um, and to be able to follow in the footsteps of, uh, of, uh, Sabian, if you will. So, um, yeah, New Brunswick's home and I think it will certainly remain home for the foreseeable future. Well, I think you, uh, I mean, I could certainly, as an entrepreneur, echo everything you've described and, you know, particularly around the, using the, um, the fact that we're it's not a massive population to our advantage because it just helps the interconnection. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good point. And on the on the saving thing, um, as I know it, because I've uh, you know the big part of it was wasn't it Phil Collins endorsing the product mm-hmm. that really helped yeah. take it to another another. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a fascinating story. Yeah. Little, and I don't know if it's well known to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I was really fortunate. Um, I, I live like downtown Fredericton. And uh, my neighbor and good friend, Wayne Blanchard, was the former marketing director at Saving Symbols for 26 years. Uh, and he's the guy that signed Phil Collins and signed, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and, you know, Chad Smith and, and all those, you know, big name drummers that were pretty influential in the growth of Sabian. And so to have that, literally, my next door neighbor, um, to tap on that shoulder, uh, we would we would literally just go for walks, you know, around around Fredericton, you know, two or three nights a week, and just talk about these things. Um, and so, that, uh, really, really fortunate to have that level of experience so close to us. And that's that's that, there, that is a th- those stories I think are repeated over and over and over. It's the person next door often. Or the person you right. meet at the and, coffee and shop. It goes, it goes right back to what you were just saying a second ago about using the smallness of an area like New Brunswick. Um, is you, you know, From the outside, on paper, it doesn't look like a great place actually to start a business that's going to impact the global <laughs> market. 
But then when you realize how many people are in love with this place who have decided to stay or come back with experience, with connections, with investment, with capital, they want to be here because this is home or they want to be here because the St. John River is the most beautiful place on earth. Whatever it is, those people are here and those are the connector points to the out. And I, I always want to make sure people listening who aren't from New Brunswick uh, can can relate to this because many people live in places like New Brunswick where you're not in the middle of the industry. But it really can yeah. be strategic if you take it at a slightly different angle, you know? Yeah. The other, the other point that's come up um, in other conversations that I've had, you know, is if, if we were a startup for say in Toronto, the, the competition is, is huge, right? There's like new startups like every day of the week popping out. And so to get any level of attention or anyone's time, it's so much more competitive um, where there's, it's very closely knit. We get a lot of time. We get a lot of attention. You know, it's like, big fish, little pond. Um, and, and, you know, I think there's some, probably some negative aspects to that, but, um, looking at it the right way, I think there's really positive aspects to it versus being a really small fish in a big pond. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I've got a final question. I know, uh, I know Greg wants to ask you something after, after this, but, um, you know, from the perspective of, and I think you defined, you know, kind of, you're, you're feeling like you're in a bit of a startup right now. Um, would that be accurate? Um, yeah, you know, I, I would, I would still say that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think, I think you referenced that, but the, and the re so with that in mind, that context, um, you know, I, I know there are people that are on the cusp of a good idea or have a fabulous idea and they're thinking of, of, you know, entering in the marketplace and for, you know, for, you know, a lot of things can hold us back, but you're, you've done it, you're there, you're, you're kind of. Uh, at, at you know relatively early early stages, um, any advice that you would give to someone who's you know kind of running on a similar track that you are, or maybe just just you know kind mm-hmm. of think of thinking of entering it? What would what you know at this sure. at this stage? What would your advice be, Pete? Yes, um, so two two points that that I love to rant on, um, and I know Greg can certainly relate to one of them. Um, but when when you have an idea, or you've identified an opportunity. Um, I'd read this book um, called Purple Cow um, by Seth Godin, and and that was really influential in in my early stage. And and it's about the art of being remarkable. Um, And so if you have an opportunity, um, you know, use that opportunity to to be remarkable, right? If you have an opportunity to do something 30% better and 30% cheaper, you know, that's going to win in the market. And so do that. You know, why do just the same thing. Why be another cow in the field as the book kind of describes, be a purple cow. And, and so that, that's huge for me. Um, and, and then, you know, with that, um, as entrepreneurs, you know, we're always making assumptions. Uh, but I think the real key is eliminating those assumptions and proving them into facts as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And then to, to end, and I think, um, as an overall thing that, that really is probably overlooked uh, that um, I've heard from, I think mostly Elon Musk, from a, a big fan of uh, CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, um, is just working hard. You know, like there's seven days in a week. You know, if you're working, you know, 80, 90 hour work weeks, you're just going to get a lot more done than the next guy. Um, business is competitive and, you know, 
you'll eliminate those assumptions faster. You'll learn faster just simply because you're doing more work. Um, you know, it's a grind and, uh, and you'll win if, if you're doing more than the next guy. And I'm just a firm, firm believer in that. Wise words, man. Thank you. Yeah, wise words as I uh, get ready to go home and crack a beer and hang up my back deck <laughs> and not think about work today. <laughs> well, listen, man, thank you so much, Pete. It's been a real a real pleasure. I love love your product, and uh, uh, I'm not just saying this. I am going to buy a case. I just haven't yet, and I, I missed out on the first Kickstarter round. I really strongly suggest people to, to check out uh, – uh, it's timbercases.com. Is that correct, uh, Pete? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, and check out the awesome video um, as well. The Kickstarter video it really explains the product really well. And um, your friend uh, Ryan put it to, or Nick, sorry, put it together. Uh, Nick, yes. Nick, and it's a fantastic little film. And uh, yeah, so uh, what's what's the best way for people to get a hold of you and follow you outside the website? Um, people can, uh, at the bottom, at the bottom of our website, there's a bunch of email links. It's like info at sales at, at timbercases.com. They can just switch that with Peter at timbercases.com and, uh, shoot me a note. Um, always happy to, to chat or to connect with, with new folks. I love it, Pete. Thanks so much, man. And we'll see you on the bottom, the base of the mountain. Yes. Hopefully not soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate your time, Pete. Thanks. See ya. Neat guy. Wow. Well, neat guy. I, I, neat guy. I assumed so, you guys yeah. would have been, you know, playing in a band together or something. I know. So. I, I mean, he's 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 a younger fellow, and uh, I met him probably first at Planet Hatch in the, the one of those uh, startup ecos or uh, accelerators, yeah, yeah, the yeah. incubator. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, some of our our, our previous uh, guests, like David Alston. Uh, Nicole LeBlanc, people like that are big supporters and mentors uh, of what he's doing. And we uh, we really got to meet, actually, because Nicole, a uh, friend of ours, uh, invited us to climb that mountain. And that's really where I got to know Peter. And he's a, he's a wicked dude. And his product is... It, it, it is what he says it is. It yeah, is yeah. the strongest, most durable <clears throat> case. And it's made of plastics that have been tested and researched and molded and everything to make sure nothing can destroy that precious, uh, you know, emotionally tied, uh, you know, tool, the instrument that's on the inside. So, yeah, it's really great. I, I think that my takeaway is the opportunity when he saw a need in the market because he used to, you know, be, be the, the the stage tech for a lot of uh, guitar, like uh, blues players. And he'd you know have to, you know, fix instruments, get them tuned and all this stuff. And he just continued to hear issues of you know how do we protect our babies <laughs> you know and he saw an opportunity and and he went for it and uh he's putting about uh, 700 hours a weekend so that's pretty rad <laughs> yeah <clears throat> well and he's I, now you mentioned he's young I, I have no sense of that he sounds very wise um and uh you know i mean be a purple cow i mean that's brilliant right and i know it's it's seth god and stuff but um just sounds like a someone who's who's enjoying the journey i'm gathering you know and and taking a lot from it and and has a lot to share and i mean, I always love that and so I, i'm looking forward to running into him at some point hopefully in the near future it's kind of weird to to hear of someone that you just i'm not familiar with at all so that and that's actually the power of 
you know, connection and, and doing stuff like podcasts to get to meet all these people. But, you know, a lot of these people were meeting from away, you know, what I would describe from away, or I guess a maritime saying or a New Brunswick saying from away, meaning, you know, coming in from the States or, or Central Canada or whatever. But it's really cool to hear someone doing something in your backyard that you had literally no knowledge of. And, w- and what a takeaway for all of us, for anybody listening from any part of the world, is look what's in your backyard. There's a lot of innovation happening, a lot of art, a lot of creativity, a lot of cool stuff happening in your backyard. It doesn't matter where you are. Even if you're in Kangaksujawak, Nunavik, on the Arctic Circle, there's probably something pretty cool happening around the, at the igloo on the on the backside there. Is your, <laughs> is your hot tub in your backyard? The, the hot tub hasn't arrived yet. Oh, there's um, a big party I've coming got, up. Yeah, I've got a big party coming up. And anybody, any listener on the podcast... Uh, who's interested in coming to the hot tub back deck release party? Um, well, my wife's already a little nervous that I've invited 150 people. Uh, but, you know, if you want to come, yeah, come on. Just send me a note. Just send me a note first, yeah. I, I've got a brand new hot tub coming because uh, my last one got collapsed in that last crazy winter and it got destroyed because of which, the snow. Which is an interview unto itself. Amen. Hey, thanks for bringing Pete on, man. Great. No, no problem. Uh, can, uh, when I get the hot tub, can we do a podcast episode in it? Well, buddy, this is your podcast. You do whatever you want. You just this tell is, me. You this tell is me, my podcast. Tell that's me right. where to be. I mean, that's the deal, right? I love it. I love no, you, I, Dave. Hey, I, I, would, I would love to do that. That would be fun. Awesome. See you next week. See you, buddy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.